warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hello there. I am a computer, and I am here to tell you about a fantastic new discovery. It is a little something they call, it came from the basement, every week, Dead Mike and Jeff Crazy, talk about horror movies, rumors, reviews and get really drunk, since I am, just a computer, I have no need for such idiotic behavior, I would rather spend my time looking for pornography, on the internet. Well, at least that is what my owner tells me to do. If you can convince your user to give up the one-handed typing for just a moment, send them to www.itcamefromthebasement.wordpress.com or myspace.com slash basement podcast. Malfunction, 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 error, 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 does not compute. the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. People of Earth, can you resist the hypnotic power of Pee-Pee?
Hey everybody, welcome to the Bone Bat Show, episode 21. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going good, so how do I sound? How do I sound on my new microphone? You sound delicious. <laughs> delicious, huh? So, I think this may be a record on how quickly we decide which one of us is the gay one, and it's you. <laughs> and, uh... Not only do you sound good, we have some amazing music once again this week. You're listening to the uh, the lovely sounds of Stukas over Disneyland by the famous Dickies. Oh yeah, the Dickies. How great is this? Another another show with a great band that's letting us use their stuff. Yeah, I actually uh, got in touch with them and guitarist Stan Lee, no relation to the Marvel Comics legend, uh, got back with me and said, yeah, go for it. Use the music. So uh, you're going to get uh, a good selection of the Dickies uh, back catalog in this episode. Uh, and uh, it was kind of interesting because, uh, first of all, we, we set up the Dickies to be our musical guest. And then we got a voicemail kind of talking about a similar sort of subject. And pretty soon the uh, episode's topic at hand pretty much just selected itself. So this week we are going to do uh, kind of a... How do you say it again? Homage. I, an homage, yes, an homage. An homage to exactly what it is that makes a man a man. Money. No. <laughs> this is the dickisode. This is. This is the penisode. But since discussing the subject without a woman's touch would simply be whacking it, once again we'd like to welcome the love of my life, crochet designer extraordinaire, and sole recipient of my stimulus package, the beautiful ska mama, <laughs> Julie. Thank How you, doing, you baby? thank you. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Hello, show once again. Julie. Happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to be here on this super special episode. Are, are we going to lead in with what pisses us off? You think the penis pisses me off? So we could probably... <laughs> so right now we could probably, before we get into all that, why don't we uh, jump right into Gord's unnamed political rant? Oh, my unnamed political rant. Speaking of dicks. Speaking of dicks, you know who are dicks? City councils that think they are the freaking UN. They're dicks. There's not a city in this nation right now that isn't in some sort of deep financial doo-doo. And yet, right here in my own fair city, the city council dedicates hours to the situation on Gaza in Gaza and Jerusalem. And they've always gotta they've always gotta weigh in on heavy matters like the war in Iraq. Dude, you're a city council. So why you're is that? Is is like Gaza a sister city to Davis, or is there some actual reason for that? No, no, there's no reason. And people get wound up because they they don't do enough political spouting off on their own podcasts, and they feel the need to go to <laughs> the city council meeting and like talk about it instead of talking about like the sewer system or the schools or the dog catcher. End up pissing away a whole meeting on some international thing that they have nothing to do with anyway. I hate it. these guys are dicks. Come on. That is pretty fucking annoying. Yeah, they should definitely I guess they just spend... don't have... Go on. I was going to say, they should definitely spend more time talking about how close your mailbox is to the street. That's right. There's important things to address. Yeah, by the, the way, my, my mailbox, which is which is not up to code because it was on my house. I've got two mailboxes now. The one that the, uh, <laughs> the post office approved of and the, the one that I put on my house. Every once in a while, we get like a substitute mailman lady. And he, she will actually put the mail in the mailboxes by my door. And it confuses the whole system now because we don't know where to look for our mail. <laughs> that sounds pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I'm thinking one day I'm going to get a cease and desist letter for having two mailboxes on my property. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. If I was a mailman, I think that'd piss me off, not knowing where you're supposed to put it. <laughs> you're just you're really good at the double entendres, aren't you? You know, this is this is the episode for it. You know, you know what pisses me off. I, I talk about it all the time, but tonight I want to I want to talk about what pissed off somebody else. I talked to my friend uh, Kurt tonight, and he told me the sad tale of his coworker. Uh, he works on an air force base, and. His coworker told him this story where he was awakened at about 1.30 in the morning with a loud pounding, a relentless thumping, if you will, on his front door. So the guy gets out of bed, goes to the front door, you know, inquires as to who it is, and the other guy, the guy on the other end is like, it's Joe! And, and so, he's like, what? He finally opens the door, what? What is this? So the guy goes, it's me! And, he, and he's all... Private Ryan's all like, I, I don't know you. You know, he goes, well, you're, I'm, I'm going to call him Private Ryan. He's like, you're Private Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah, I know you are because you sent me that email. The guy, the guy's totally fuzzy headed. He's like, what, what email? You, what? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm the guy. You've been sending me the pictures. I know it's you. I've seen the pictures of you naked. <laughs> <laughs> guy finally, finally wakes up enough and is shocked out of his stupor enough to put, two and two together and he goes wait I sent you email where are you getting this email from and the guy explains to him he's been getting it from his Facebook account this poor dude this poor private Ryan his crazy ass ex-girlfriend had figured out his password for Facebook and had hijacked his site and was soliciting guys to come out to his house at all hours of the night (laughs) to blow him (laughs) (laughs) So, and then she posted finally, pictures of him. Finally, like you know, clues this this poor horny gay man uh, in. It's like, no, I'm sorry, dude. You you've been tricked by my crazy ex girlfriend. You just got to get out of here. <laughs> and the guy goes, Oh, well, I've been I drove a really long way to get here. Can I just <laughs> hold it for a minute? <laughs> I'm shocked. So he closed the door on his face. You know, that has not happened to me, but that would piss me off. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that would be a little annoying. There's all kinds That'd of stories about up. Facebook shenanigans going on these days, aren't there? Indeed, there is. <laughs> Remember, everyone, Steve Holitz's Facebook password it's, is... That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, my friend. No, but you're giving me ideas. <laughs> you Steve know. didn't take out the garbage this morning. <laughs> That'd be a little petty, wouldn't it? <laughs> Anyway, Don't send him to your home, though. Send him to his office. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> Steve, there's a man in assless chaps here to see you. <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, so, you know, that, that doesn't piss me off so much. But, uh, you know, there is an online thing that does piss me off. And it's uh, like I'll be at work and somebody will mention me, hey, did you hear what uh, Obama said today or something like that? And so I'll, I'll go online and I'll hit up one of the news sites. And... All that I can find is like a three-minute video on whatever happened. I can't just find a normal fucking news article. Yeah, I hate that. I can still fucking read, people. Put out articles. Unbelievable. That pisses me off so much. It takes less bandwidth. I would think it would take less effort. Maybe not. Maybe that's because I'm literate and I can read and type. (laughs) But you jump around to two or three different sites and you're like, well, what the fuck? Why can't I find just normal news anymore? Everything has to have bells and whistles. Sometimes that's just not necessary. 
and newspapers are going out of business. Bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, our local newspaper, it just, uh, the Davis Second Prize, they're no longer publishing a Monday edition. No way, really? Yeah. That's an interesting way to cut back. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Because nobody wants to read the news on Monday morning. No, Monday's ugly enough. You don't need the news. <laughs> I guess I have to go with Monday morning without reading Marmaduke. No, you got because you got to recap the whole weekend news. That's bullshit. Monday's one of the most important days. Oh, uh, well, maybe you should send a letter to the editor. Well, I don't live in Davis, so it's none of my oh, business. But... Yeah, we got enough newspaper problems of our own up here. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you do. <laughs> so you know what else pisses me off? Dicks that don't read the newspaper? No, pickles. Dicks that don't have... What? Fucking pickles. A dick like Now, here's the deal. Fucking pickles? I, I like a certain kind of pickle. I like pickles that are very, like, garlicky and flavorful. I like a pickle. I don't... You know, in these days, everything is just with the, like, kosher, light-flavored, uh, you know, unflavorless pickles. I just... It fucking pisses me off. I go to the grocery store, I can't find a decent pickle. I don't want... Katie Couric of pickles, <laughs> like the perky pickle. I want a pickle that's been around the block a few times, that's firm and juicy and slightly skanky from the bottom of the barrel. I want the Jenna Jameson of pickles, and I cannot find fucking decent pickles anymore. It's all just kosher, flavorless crap, and it pisses me off. I go to the grocery store, and there's just row after row of shitty pickles. All right, Steve, there's two. The grocery store I frequent, there is two different places for pickles. There is the pickles that are on the shelf. And then and there's, there's the freezer case. Pickles. Pickles. There are some right. spicy ones, but the really good pickles are in the refrigerated section. Yes. You check and the refrigerated section? That used to be the way here. They used to have, like, Bubby's is a good brand. But now, yeah, you, it's, it's hard to find those. You find uh, just some different kind of kosher ones. It's like that style, that, that type of pickle is going out of style. I don't know, you maybe know, it's just another indication how I'm just uh, out-aging society. You know, the pickles aren't pickly enough for me. The metal isn't metal enough for me. The horror movies aren't scary enough for me. I don't know. You know what this is? Maybe this is this my is fucking This is the war problem. on sour. Because it used to be you could get mustard at any... You could get mustard at McDonald's, right? Yeah. Now you can't. The only mustard you can get is like the, this mustard that comes with the, the chicken nuggets. <laughs> and mustard used to be a condiment that was every, everywhere. Oh, like now you you got you to gotta dig for your mustard. It's not out there. And but, now you're telling me our pickles are getting less sour too? But there but there are certain things that are sour. Like my daughter the other day got these sour whoa, whoa, Skittles whoa, 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 whoa. that were like just... sour out of this. She, she got these, <laughs> these Skittles that were sour-flavored Skittles at the movie theater. And they would literally puckle your an- pucker your anus. <laughs> puckle is they're a great puckle. word. It should be a word. <laughs> Those were insane. So yeah, yeah. Th- those are great. <laughs> they're like covered in it's like a thick layer of, of crystal sour on the outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. and when you pour it in your hand, you get a little like powdery like puddle in your hand, and you just like lick it like in, and then in, rub it on your anus. Yeah, and then it's like <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't do that in the wrong order. <laughs> No shit. Well, you know what? You know what pisses me off, kind of related to the whole sour thing, is like how how you get you hear all these marketed food products at certain fast food restaurants and other chain restaurants where they say that things are really spicy and that you know they're gonna you know blow your lid. They're so spicy and watch out, flames are gonna burst out your ass if you eat this. And then you go and they're just they're not spicy at all. 
We finally went out to this Thai restaurant the other night that had the only thing on the whole menu that had five stars, meaning it was so spicy that you wouldn't be able to handle it. And it was spicy. It, it kicked my butt a little bit. But, I mean, you know, the, the way that all these fast food places make things sound, they sound like they're spicy. And you go, and it's just nothing. You don't taste anything. It's the Midwestification of our of our culture, <laughs> of our culinary culture. You know, they think black pepper is a freaking habanero. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one other thing that pisses me off, and that's the fact that I cannot fucking stay awake to watch an entire movie at night anymore. That pisses you me are off, too. Man. I'm telling you. And the other night we were playing Left for Dead with Mike from Cadaver Lab, and he, mm-hmm. we're finishing up. It's like 11 o'clock, and he's like, okay, I got to get off, guys. I got to watch two movies tonight. <laughs> and he's in New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's West Coast. But still, it's like, Jesus. And I, the other night we were watch, trying to watch Night of the Comet. Do you know that movie? It's a zo- no. kind of a zombie. Oh yeah, movie. yeah, I do, I do. It's a zombie movie from the '80s, and I literally fell asleep like twice on two different nights during that movie. And I didn't even want to watch it the second night. And he's like, "No, no, no, we got to finish it because you know Steve, he can't not finish something." And then yet he falls asleep within ten minutes, so I'm stuck <laughs> watching the whole damn movie all by myself. You didn't have to watch it. Occasionally, I feel like this kick in the back of my head. No, I had to. I had to finish the movie for Steve because he had to have closure. Yeah, but then I wake (laughs) up and I'm like, what happened? And she's, uh. (laughs) 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 You want to know, watch it yourself, asshole. (laughs) So, anyway, I think that's what pisses us off for this episode. Uh, Speaking of what pisses us off and uh, the Cadaver Lab podcast, we have a voicemail that I'd like to play. So, here you go. What's up, Bone Bat crew? Um, I'm a new listener and uh, have not heard the show before, but just listened to episode 20. And I got to say, uh, I, I liked it and uh, appreciated the information on Super Suckers. That's a group I'm going to have to go check out. Uh, they sound pretty badass. Um, another thing that I, I noticed was you guys talked about the Cadaver Lab. Now, I, it sounds like you may listen to their show, and those guys, is, those guys are pieces of shit. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know. They, they just, they suck. I've listened to a couple of their episodes. They don't know what they're talking about. They're always talking about balls and junk and stuff like that. I think they just need to get over each other and, and do each other, and maybe they'll they'll uh, end up doing a better show. Just kidding. Hey, this is Sam Checkets from the Cadaver Lab. And uh, I was calling. I decided to try out the negative ad campaign like you guys talked about on your last episode to see if we can drive some listeners. But, uh, hey, I, I needed to talk to you guys about something. Um, you guys sound really angry while you're while you're on your show, um, talking about unruly kids and, and and raccoons getting into the house and and things like that. And so I wanted to share some knowledge with you guys of, of some things that I've found out. I used to, to to be angry and and scared, but a few weeks ago, I really came to a point where I was scared. I kept getting inundated with all these commercials about Viagra and Cialis and stuff like that. And I started worrying about things. You know, you know how like when you hear someone think it's a really bad illness or has a heart attack and you start thinking, shit, I've had some of those symptoms. Maybe I've got a heart attack. Well, that kind of happened to me with, uh, with, with uh, ED. So I started getting really worried about it. But I decided that I was not going to let that shit bring me down. So I've, I've started doing some tests. And what I want you guys to do is if you get mad, you can, you can do this. You just stop for a second and you need to have a, a, you know, a happy thought or maybe, you know, sometimes it even takes a little bit of coaxing. Uh, but you need, to, you need to check and make sure that you go from like 6 to, or six to 9. You don't want to go all the way 6 to midnight because if you do that uh, while, you're, while you're checking to make sure you don't have ED, uh, if you go from 6 to midnight, you're actually going to have to step out of the room 
and uh, and take care of that. So you want to make sure when you're in a public place that you don't do that. You know, unless you've got like a, a nice, a good size folder or, you know, a good size notebook that you can cover up with and, and walk out. You don't want to be going from 6 to midnight. So anyways, once you... Uh, once you check to make sure that you're you're going flying high from from six to nine, you're you're in good shape. Now, the nice thing about that is, is like if you're sitting in a meeting and you're doing this, you're doing this check. And I do these spot checks, you know, a few times a day just to make sure. But if you uh, if you do the spot check, you look over your neck, the guy next to you, and you kind of nod your head and uh, give him a little smile. What you're really saying is, "Listen, bitch, I'm swollen right now," and that's a good thing. And you're probably sitting there with your limp dick, and you don't even know what's coming for you. But ED, that shit's not getting me down. And I promise you guys that if you do that, you're going to be happy every time you do it. So next time you get angry, just uh, just try that out. Um, love the show, and looking forward to do a little collaboration with you on uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Those books kicked ass. So uh, looking forward to do that. But uh, keep it going. We'll talk to you later. See ya. <laughs> That guy's wow. funny. So, yes. if I understand his advice correctly, it's every time we feel angry, we should play with ourselves. <laughs> but no, only it's it's like all mental control. You just bring it up to half mast, just to check. <laughs> oh, oh, mentally. Yeah, and then you drop it back down, and you look at everybody around you with the feeling of power, kind of like you used to have in the boardroom with your nipple ring. That's right. <laughs> what did you like? Rub your body against your shirt or something? No, he just. How did you put it, Gord? God, you're going back many, many years. I'm Something like you would, you would look around the room and know that you were the only guy in the room with a nipple ring. I was the only fucker in this room with a pierced nipple, yeah? <laughs> it's like Sam says, I'm swollen right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, you know, between your raccoon story and your unruly kid story, I didn't even think last episode we sounded all that pissed off putting the show together and I played it back for Julie and her first comment to me was hey when did you guys change from what pisses us off to what makes us whine like a little bitch fuck you Julie that pisses me <laughs> off <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah There's sorry no pleasing that woman sorry <laughs> sounded a little whiny alright no no I'll take the criticism maybe maybe it's deserved you definitely but, sounded am I whiny this time whining about uh no, not at all. Right. Random See, this stra- episode, homosexual you... strangers wanting to suck dicks. Yeah, definitely back on the aggressive tact. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressively suck dicks. That's funny though. That what what that guy just brought up because Steve is so like that. Where if I come Dude, home, really does he get a little folder though? Because he wouldn't need a big folder. Yeah. <laughs> no, but whenever he hears about some like illness or someone I know, you know, got cancer or someone I know had some health problem. Oh man, he for the next couple of weeks he's just positive that there's something wrong that maybe he has it too. So maybe he hasn't seen those. He doesn't stay awake long enough to see the uh, Viagra and the ED commercials to start getting worried. So. What are you kidding? I actually watch sports. I see all those commercials I need. I think I see way too many of those commercials. Yeah, you know, I've got a friend that is always getting some weird disease or injury or accident, and he had this thing recently where, like, he got a a zit on his neck. And it turned, like, overnight, it turned into this giant infection that required him to go to the hospital. And it's like his neck and head got infected, and they had to give him major antibiotics. And and then, like, a month later, he the end of his nose got infected. Like, the infection didn't fully go away. And I saw him, like, after the infection started, but before he went to the hospital, before this giant nose pustule burst. This is one nut Steve I'm talking about. And... <laughs> 
like after after dealing with that um like a couple of days ago i got up got out of bed i went in the mirror and there was just an ungodly size zit on my neck and that was <laughs> the first thing i thought it was like oh my god maybe i have a neck staph infection what is that so it does it gets in your brain man it's the Maybe it's the male brain. Because I we're... don't know. Yeah, it's it's just insidious, and you know, you you hear more and more stories about, you know, people getting cancer, people dropping dead. Like my mom had some story about a woman that she worked with that last week they were supposed to go to lunch one day and they didn't go, and then uh, she heard like two days later the woman had passed away. She <laughs> was like Jesus Christ, and she was ended up be never to miss my yeah, lunch with she, your yeah, mom. Yeah, she had, and it was like pneumonia. She got pneumonia. And, was it the rockin' pneumonia? I think it might have been. So speaking of rockin', uh, why don't we take a little break and listen to a Dickies tune, uh, specifically a Dickies Dicky tune. This is called If Stuart Could Talk. What would he say? Eighties. I don't trust that show any further than I can throw it. Well, with your bad knee, Jay, you shouldn't throw anything. It's true. What is so dangerous about a show like Obscure Eighties is it gives good shows bad ideas. Last thing I need at this point in my career is fifteen hundred Obscure Eighties disciples running around these halls. It jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this potosphere. It makes you look like an ass, is what it does, Jay. Thank you, Stewie, but I think you're wrong. 
Oh, it's very popular, Jay. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore it. They think it's a righteous show. That is why I need to show these shows that the example they set is a first-class ticket to nowhere. OJ, you sound like Dirty Harry just then. Really? Thanks, Stu. The Obscure Haiti Show. One bogus crew talking about one awesome decade. Check them out at ObscureHades.com. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed Ooh. the Dickies. I did. So I want to talk really a little bit of, a little bit about the band. Uh, I've been a fan of the Dickies since. Do you remember when we first heard them, Gord? Oh yeah. You know what? I introduced you to just about to the majority of the the punk bands that, that we've enjoyed together. But you introduced me to the Dickies. Actually, you? not exactly. No. What, was it on one of those punk compilations? It was on, I, I was over at your house and we were watching a punk concert on MTV. It was like the Saturday Night Punk Show or something. And it was a concert that had GBH, the Dickies, and a couple of smaller bands. One was called Plain Rap that did a band, a song called Lookout. Do you recall yeah. that? Yeah. And it had to be in like 1984, 1985, something like that. And uh, that was the first time I saw the Dickies, and they played a number of their tunes. Remember, they played, they did Gigantor, but we thought that it, they were saying drunk asshole. We thought they were saying drunk asshole. <laughs> drunk, <laughs> drunk asshole. Right. And so, yeah. So that was the first time I'd heard the Dickies, was actually with you at your place. Wow. And well, you, you, had, you, you bought had, the first Dickies album between the two of us, though. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we, had, we had gone to a track meet in California, and I picked up Stuka's Over Disneyland, which was the intro song uh, that we put on tonight. A little bit about the Dickies. They were formed in San Fernando Valley in 1977. The, the main uh, members of the band that have been with the band the longest are Leonard Graves Phillips, who is the uh, vocalist, and Stan Lee, the guitarist, who I mentioned previously. Uh, they formed the band in uh, 1977. They were actually the first California punk band to be signed to a major label. And they released uh, their first album, The Incredible Shrinking Dickies, which uh, had a number of their classics. Uh, that same year, they also came out with The Dawn of the Dickies, the cover of which is a homage. The cover of which is an homage to George Romero, obviously, Dawn of the Dead. So the, both those albums came out in 1979. They came out with the EP Stuka's Over Disneyland in 1983, which uh, shortly thereafter was when we saw that video. Uh, they came out with a live album called We Aren't the World in 1986, which uh, I had picked up, I owned at one point. And uh, it has one of the most hilarious band raps in it, where uh, Leonard is explaining to the audience the breakdown of all the money for the concert, how it's going to be split up amongst the band for Twinkies. <laughs> then uh, in 1988, uh, they had kind of their second tie-in with the horror movie world. Obviously, they did the lead song for the, song, the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is a hilarious, amazing, awesome 80s film. That was kind of a really good period for them. They had a Killer Clowns from Outer Space EP. Then they also had uh, a new CD shortly thereafter in 89 called Second Coming. <laughs> Which Always with the dick jokes, these dickies. Exactly. And very, always very clever. One of the things that's always impressed me about the band is the fact that they, and I kind of think they got short shrift in many ways because they were always kind of a little bit goofy and silly, 
and definitely more so than their contemporaries. Everybody was kind of frowning and scowling, and they were much more playful and kind of fun. And I think for in a lot of reasons that in the name, the Dickies, obviously they they just kind of didn't get taken as seriously as maybe they should have. I've always respected. I thought that their their lyrics have always been pretty clever, and they have always had a real good sense for a pop hook. And the musicianship was always super tight. It was a band oh, yeah. that would just that would just really keep it together and kick some ass. And yet they weren't really considered serious. And then you know years later, when bands like The Offspring and Green Day became popular, they were clearly kind of you know coming from that same background. Uh, you know the Dickies got a little attention then, but even then it was kind of too little, too late. To this day, basically the Dickies are no longer in print on their original label in the United States. They are being published now. You can get their stuff through Captain Oi Records in England. Wow, that's interesting. And to me, the that's, fact the fact miserable. that one of the seminal punk bands... <laughs> you said seminal. I did. ...is, you know, out of print in their home country is fucking criminal. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah. You know, that a band this great is having trouble staying in print where you can buy their CDs. So anyway, in... Uh, 1992, I actually saw the Dickies with uh, Green Jello opening when uh, Green Jello was still Green Jello before they got sued. And it's one of my favorite uh, concerts of all time. It was at the Palace in Hollywood. They played an amazing set. Leonard had, like, the, you know, the penis puppet for if Stuart could talk. It was fantastic. Green Jello did Obey the Cow God and Three Little Pigs. It was a great, fun fucking show. One of my favorite shows ever. Just a, a great time. Anyway, so then uh, a couple years later, 94, once Green Day, the Green Days and Offsprings of the World became popular, the Dickies had a little bit of resurgence. They came out with an album called Idget Savant in 1994. 1998, they came out with an all-covers album called Dogs from the Hair That Bit Us. And in 2001, they came out with an album called All This and Puppet Stew. Uh, they've had a few live albums and singles compilations in between, but uh, that's kind of where they're at today. They're still playing live. No, I, I don't know that they're really recording anything at present. We can always hope. But uh, it's uh, one of these bands that really bear checking out. The Captain Oi CDs that you can get imported from UK, they're reasonably priced, like 10 12 bucks, And they have a bunch of bonus tracks on them. So definitely pick them up. It's great stuff. And, you know, if you're into punk at all, I think it's pretty essential listening. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. If you like, uh, if you like bands that maybe got a little bit more press like the descendants some bands that just pick up and rock and have a good sense of humor and then have you know tight tight instrumentation and funny lyrics you, you ought to check them out the dickies the dickies are great come on stukas over disneyland that's funny right there definitely of all of my musical phases you know throughout my teenage angst years um i have to say that you know the the little punk phase that i had going with the whole gbh and and the effigies and um, Dead Kennedys and Dickies, sort of in that whole, you know, couple of year time span, was just the best. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. The concerts were so awesome. I mean, way better than my my next phase, which was more of that depressing Echo and the Bunnymen, you know, <laughs> whatever that thing was, where I was always, you know, dressed in black and very sad. <laughs> yeah, it's much more fun to bounce around and jump around in the pit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun. It was fun to be a girl, too, to be like, you know, a skinny little scrawny girl in the middle of the mosh pit, you know, and all these guys with their arms flying and everything like that. I don't know. It was always just very, you know, got the endorphins going. It was exhilarating. I wouldn't go in for very long, but it was fun. <laughs> and then, of course, I was Sweaty the one. Man. Yeah. 
I was the one outside always being picked up by my mom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, cute. One, one kind of funny story that I found about the Dickies, I think it was on their own website in the history section, was there was an early show where Leonard, in the middle of the concert, he was like going for it. And he like jumps off of some uh, like an amp stack or something like that, and he breaks one ankle and like sprains the other one. So he falls down on the ground. He's laying on his back and he's singing through the rest of the concert. The guitarist over comes over. Stanley comes over and starts kicking him because he thinks he's doing like his Stiv Bader's impression and just singing on his back. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out, yes, he had actually broken his ankle. So. Jeez. Jeez, man, that is that's punk. rock and roll right there. Yeah, that that's is. not even metal. That's punk, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot. So you, Julie, you have a story about how the Dickies got you in trouble. Oh yeah, they got me in big trouble because I was it, that for me that time frame was around 1983, 1984. I was in junior high school and going through my you know my punk phase. And I had a friend who was way more punk than me. We had gotten our yearbooks, you know. And so, of course, you know how everybody signs the yearbooks at the end of the year and everything. Well, my friend took my yearbook and she made off with it and said, I'll be back with it in a little while because she wanted to do some artwork. And when it came back, a full blank page right on the front, I mean, full blank page in full color, um, was a giant spooging penis <laughs> with hairy balls. And it was spooging, and then at the bottom it said, The Dickies Rock. And I thought that was really cool, but of course my dad found it and saw it. Because, you know, he wanted to check out my yearbook. And I got in big trouble for having friends that, you know, would be allowed to do that. Yeah, that that happens. My freshman year I got in trouble for my yearbook. I'd like to read a little something from that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Hold it's you, Dick. It's crossed out. Wonderful person. I hope we get Mondo classes together next year and bug the hell out of the poor teachers. I believe you will finally realize that cross country is where you belong winning, not losing in football. So don't be a terminal dick-throbbing puss and take it. No hard feelings, not for a while at least, Gordon. (laughs) I knew I shouldn't assign my name to that. And did your mommy read that? (laughs) Yeah, mom read that. She was all pissed at Gordon. No wonder she didn't like me. (laughs) It might have had something to do with it, I don't know. But your dad was the mayor. You would think, you know. No, no, my dad was like the vice mayor. He was oh. the police commissioner. But but you had the cachet so that a few years later, when you got involved with a little bit of a sculpture project, <laughs> it didn't really uh, hurt you at all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When we decided that they didn't give us a snow day, we had all kinds of snow. We like to try to make up for it. The school administration decided to have a snowman building contest. Exactly. And so we're sitting in the in the hallway because it's too cold to eat lunch outside. Yeah. And we're all kind of brainstorming about going up on the hill at lunch and taking part in this snowman building contest. Now, th- to and this day, there's there's still kind of a disagreement between Gordon and I as to exactly whose idea this was. I really don't know whose idea it was. I don't know who first said it. You see, I think that I, I have a way of like throwing things out as a joke. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that I said it was me who sat there and said, "Hey, you know what? Let's build a snow penis." <laughs> <laughs> and then Gordon. So we did. So we did. So we go back we up on the hill. Just said it was a snowman laying on his back. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up on the hill, and it wasn't just the two of us. No, it was like if you were to take the, the like the the top 
five students or so from from you know two or three classes that would be it was it was like the best students in the school all building a snow penis and and you know some of the people were really into it this one girl i remember she was like sculpting veins out of the side of it <laughs> it was a big it was a big snow schlong too it was yeah, it was it was, it was like probably taller. pushing six foot tall, and at first it just looked kind of like a you know like an obelisk or something. Like a so, monument. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a the, monument the, to the, man. the vice principal is standing down in the parking lot, kind of watching what what we're up to. And soon, soon enough, I'm rolling a big bo- snowball up to the side. <laughs> of it. Yeah, when we decided to add the balls, that's that's what did us in. I look down and I see her, and she's doing like the the cut across her throat gesture. Yeah, do it. Circumcise it. <laughs> but it wasn't quite done. There was one more ball. Well, so we pretended like we were like doing the universal. What? What? What do you can't understand you? What do you say? Thing you know across the the snow and that that pissed her off. That's that's really what got us in trouble, I think. Because then she came marching over, yelling at us. You know, no, no, tear it down, put it down, knock it down. And, we, we just let it go until the point where she was like really genuinely pissed and you know practically on top of us and we didn't we didn't get sent to the principal for no, that the, we the, got sent to the superintendent the principal of the principal was out of town oh that's right and there was the yeah, the superintendent of school's office was like two blocks away over by the gym so for some reason there wasn't too many it was just me and you and one other person out of the maybe 15 involved who got sent, who were considered the ringleaders of penis Yeah, for some reason, yeah, the other person, I don't even remember who it was. (laughs) So we get there, and and the the superintendent is pretty uh, pretty annoyed with us. He was annoyed that he even had to deal with this. So, you know, we kind of laid it on pretty thick of, you know, uh, this was a really stupid idea, and our parents are going to kill us. there's, There's really nothing you can do to us that's going to be worse than what our parents will do. And it worked. And so the, he says, okay, well, what I want you to do is go home and have your parents write me a letter that they're aware of your actions. Yeah, explain yourself to your parents and have them write me a letter. <laughs> so we, we go back to history class, and do you recall what happened when we entered the room? Didn't hey, Picasso! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the teacher called us Picasso. We were honored in some quarters. We were. So, so that night, we go home to get the... Uh, to get the letter signed. Right. And my, my dad was, my dad thought it was the funniest thing ever. I, I was absolutely not in trouble. Yeah, and I, and I told my parents, we're sitting there at dinner, and so, so I need you to, to write a letter for me. What happened? Oh, I did something at school today. Gordon and I <laughs> built a snow penis. <laughs> my dad just looks at me for a second, shakes his head, and keeps on eating his dinner. <laughs> So the next day, I had like a letter saying that yes, I would be punished, and and I, I took that into the into the office. But your letter was much better. Well, the first thing my dad did was he wrote a letter, and he couldn't help himself. He wrote this letter that was full of dick jokes. He says, <laughs> I had something like, I discussed the matter with my son and told him the humor was in the wrong vein, and this is no, you know, he shouldn't try to get a rise out of authority. <laughs> On and on and on. And on. <laughs> it, we, I hope that the penalty will not be too stiff on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he works hard and school. Yeah. So I remember you showing me the letter the next morning, and we were just dying laughing. 
Yeah, he wrote that one, kind of got it out of his system. Then he wrote a, a more serious one. It still had like a single dick joke. In it, like, <laughs> it had it had a couple because that was the right. one you showed me. I think. Oh, I think I kept the the original. I gave that one. I turned it in. We didn't even really have any follow up with an authority figure. We pretty much showed up and handed it to Frankie, the school secretary. Yeah, and, and she smirked at us. And, and yeah, that, that, was, it. that was it. And I do remember, though, the next summer we were down, we were like downtown and we went into the sporting goods store and a couple of the old codgers in there commented, oh, you boys, huh? You're the snow penis kid. Yeah, so uh, we, we had some uh, some bit of fame for that little project. So that's the snow penis story, down for possibility. Oh, yes. So did you have another story for us? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. And we, we had a big internationally acclaimed bicycle race down here in Davis. And since this is the dick episode, what goes with dick but nuts? And Lance Armstrong brought his <laughs> nut to town. So it's supposed to be this big stinking deal, and it's going to be 30,000 people packed in Central Park, which is roughly the size of two blocks. It's a pretty small park. You know, to see these world-renowned bicycle racers but the weather didn't cooperate. After having like a full-on drought for the last month, it just was sideways rain, cold, wet, crappy day. But we went anyway. And the the idea was there's going to be bounce houses and games for the kids and then and then. And like every day before this, it was supposed to rain and didn't. The weather report kept going, big rain, big rain, nothing. So you know we're going. Get there, it's raining. The rain is not letting up. The kids say one look at these soaked bounce houses that are just... So imagine getting a soaking wet bounce house when you're already cold. No no way. So they're kind of miserable and we walk around trying to have fun for about half an hour and the race is going to start. So because there's no crowd, because everybody has more sense than we do, we get great spot, like right on the line, like right up against where the race is going to be. So we're going to get to see... The racers, like, close enough to see the way Lance Armstrong's shorts don't fit in, though. <laughs> and the race is starting, and, and we hear the, we got right up front, the Jelly Belly car is coming, throwing bags of M&Ms to the crowd. I gave one to Junior, and and Barbarian Child grabbed, like, three more bags, and they got M&Ms, and it's, it's not going to be so bad, and they forget that they're cold, and the race starts, and we can hear them, and the bicycles are going around the park, and they're getting right over to us, and the crowd is getting louder and louder and louder, and, and we're going to see them. And, I, and all of a sudden, just before the bikes get here, this great big black support vehicle, truck thing, rolls in front of our position. Oh, so now all I see is, like, truck, and that's all my kids can see. If we look way to the right, like just beyond the back of the truck and in front of the fat lady with the umbrella, like there's this sliver of view where we're going to actually see the racers. And as they come upon us, that's when Junior starts losing his mind because he's opened his jelly beans and he's discovered a black jelly bean and he absolutely can't deal with it. <laughs> and so he does the, the dad, not now, dad, not now. Dad, no, no, Dad! He's like, hit me, Dad! And so I finally turn to him, and I, I scream, like, right at it. And I don't yell at my kids, generally. I just scream right at him. The crowd's just, like, yelling. I turn and I scream, not now! And as I turn my head, I miss the bicycle riders all zooming past over the <laughs> sliver of view. And the crowd noise stops because the bicycle riders have passed. And so, like, 
the whole crowd kind of turns as one and sees me screaming at my kid who's holding up a black <laughs> jelly bean. It was just utter failure. Like an hour of standing in the cold rain only to appear to be the dick in the crowd yelling at his kids, and I didn't even get to see the race. I hope somebody got a photo of that. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll have a city council meeting about it in <laughs> Gaza. That's pretty rough, dude. <laughs> it sucked. And then we walked home in the rain. Because that was the other thing. It's like, there's going to be so many people take the shuttles from the high school. Well, crap. Our high school is like halfway between our house and the park. So we drove to our friend's house near the high school and walked from there. We could have we could have parked on the race course. <laughs> it was like, no, no crowd. Holy Utterly smart. dickish. You know what kind of pisses me off, though? What? All the Californians complaining about rain the last couple of weeks. Oh, my God. You guys are a bunch of big whiners. Dude, All we, my and friends we're and family down there. Too. Oh, it's drizzling, and I'm so depressed. We, we need the rain. We need the rain bad. You do, and everybody's all complaining about it. Yeah, that's what we do, though. Oh, thank God. The sun has finally returned to us. What did we do to make you so mad, son? <laughs> Look, we let you borrow the sun for one day, and it just about wiped you out, okay? That's true. Julie was stumbling around before we started broadcasting. Too tired. Saw the sun. Took all energy. It really did, man. People in Seattle, you're like reverse solar cells. The sun comes on, and it pulls the life out of you. I get headaches when the sun comes out. I'm like, God, turn it off. It's blinding me. My head, it's going to explode. Aren't you from Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> She's acclimated. The sun was different down there, though, because it's all filtered through smog. <laughs> Here, it's kind of pure. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Acclimation's not your friend. So are we ready for Dick Talk with Stephen Gord? We are. Okay. It's <laughs> just a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a whole new show. Dick Talk with Stephen like, Gord. The Love Doctor. This is Dick Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Dime is buddy. We're on dick dot. Sounds like I have a pole. People can call in with their problems. Their dicks could call yeah. in. <laughs> you can call the show, but you have to dial with your My dick. owner won't leave me alone. <laughs> He's choking me. Choking. <laughs> My eye, I can't see. <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I think my dick is bulimic. <laughs> I really like to be circumcised. I wish somebody could do that for me. <laughs> so where are we going with this, this dick talk anyway? <laughs> I think that was You it. were the one with this. Run with it. You were the one that started oh, okay. the... Uh, I think the original thing we were going to do was what women just don't understand about dicks. And that's why we brought Julie in. But if, if there's one thing that they, they don't understand, it's that sometimes... We can't help but miss the toilet. It's, it's you know, everybody knows it's easier to, to hit a target from close up than farther away. But we have this thing that happens sometimes. The dick will get what's known as a splitter. <laughs> and that's, that's it's, it's a, a buildup of some sort in the, in the, what the scientists call the pee canal. <laughs> <laughs> and it causes the stream not to be directed... You know, in one straight stream towards its target, but it's just split in two directions. It's, and it usually happens when you initiate the, the urination. It's yeah. right there at the start. And, and that's dicey anyway, because you really never know which way you're going to shoot until you start sh- firing. 
Right. Sometimes you're, you're going to the left, to the right, to the straight. You don't know where it's going to be. You just have to adjust on the fly. But when you get a splitter involved... And just for the record, there are two kinds of splitters. Well, yeah, there are. There's the horizontal splitter, oh, which yeah. if you're standing in front of a urinal will fire urine 45 degrees in either direction on the wall on each side of the urinal, but not getting a drop on the actual porcelain. Then you have to do that quick little decision. Well, which one is the, the bigger stream? So I'll aim that one. <laughs> then you've it. got the eye, the eye shoelaces splitter. The eye shoelaces splitter? Yes, the one that will sprain your eye or your shoelaces. <laughs> Wow, that's a pretty the vertical split right which is which is a different kettle of fish altogether then yeah you does it ever does it ever go three ways goggles and galoshes is what you need in that case I've never had a three-way splitter have you had a three-way splitter Steve no but I don't have that much penis <laughs> <laughs> I could swear I've heard about three ways I'm sure you've heard about three ways but that's <laughs> not what we're talking about <laughs> well here's been, you've been listening to drunken zombie haven't you <laughs> here's what I think about the whole the whole peeing on the toilet thing. I kind of figure that, like, I'll clean the, the, the second, you know, the second layer of the toilet where, you know, most people use it when they sit and stuff. But I figure underneath, you know, the, the, the base part of the toilet, I figure Steve can just clean that because I don't use that and he's peeing all over it. So, well, he and his son are peeing all over it. So Wait, you mean you've never you've never launched a stream of anything out of you that, that hit the water so hard it splashed back up and hit the, the underside of the lid there? No, no, no. I'm much more ladylike. <laughs> I have no doubt. Surely. Yeah, well, the splitters are bad enough when you start, but when you have the, the sudden onset splitter, or SOS for short, <laughs> as you're halfway through your deal and you think everything's going fine, and all of a sudden that's when it happens. That's a more rare event, but then <laughs> that's really panicky because... At that point, you probably stop looking. You're reading graffiti on the wall or doing something else, and so all of a sudden you notice, you know, the sound or, or, or backsplash that's happening, and you have to really have to adjust. It sounds very scientific. I don't really understand. Yeah, that's right. That's why we have Dick Talk with Stephen. Right. Did you have any questions about dicks that we could address? <laughs> uh, so what? Yeah. What else? What else do you want to include under this subject? Well, you know, I was thinking that we were going to discuss vasectomy, but now that I realize that's more of ball talk. It is, yes. So we're going to have to save that for the ball episode. I did <laughs> see, I did see an ad the other day that said, you know, give your lover what he really wants—a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a blowjob. <laughs> Somewhere in there, the copywriter screwed the pooch. Cool, honey. It says you really want a vasectomy. I could give you a gift certificate. Oh shit! Well, that would be a vicious, vicious Valentine, wouldn't it? I think it's you pretty. Imagine opening up. Oh, hey, look, elective <laughs> surgery on my most delicate region. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. My son, you know, is sort of learning how to pee. I guess I don't know. I think that's what young he'll boys never actually do. master it. But he, he, his method, because I know that, and I do know one thing that every man has a different way with peeing, I guess. That's <laughs> his own, you know, his own way of doing things. Anyway, my son, he likes to stand, and I can hear it. I don't necessarily watch it, but I can hear it because he likes to control the pee. So he makes it go, psh, 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 <laughs> psh, as many times as he possibly can. And he does it every He's time. He's beatboxing. Even when he's, like, half asleep, he does it. <laughs> 
And if I do happen to catch him, I find that he stands there with both hands behind his back. (laughs) 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 Exercising his ditrucer muscle. That's awesome. Yeah, that kind of control is admirable, really. It is. I caught my son standing up on a stool trying to see how high he could pee and still have it land in the toilet. (laughs) He was like doing this real tall arc. From on top of the stool. It was going everywhere. <laughs> was, was he standing like in the back of the bathroom? He, he had it pushed up against the tub as far away as he could get. So. <laughs> That's admirable. Those, what are you doing? Never mind. I see what you're doing. Stop doing it. <laughs> see, if you had one, you two would have a better time in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. And and I don't know about your son because you got two of them, so maybe you know at least one of them. But oh man, Thad just cannot stop touching it. He's constantly through his pants. <laughs> like he's just sitting there talking, and he's holding it while he's talking to you. <laughs> he's just sort of squishing it. Sometimes <laughs> it means he has to go to the bathroom, but usually he's just kind of like resting his hand right there. Oh, he'll get over it when he's ninety. <laughs> <laughs> It'll pass. All right. Yeah, I just yeah, don't well, understand. They go through stages of that. Yeah. We'll need to we'll need to come back to TikTok again. I'm sure I'll have more questions. Please feel free to ask. All right. So uh multimedia triage. You guys uh, see anything interesting this week? Dude, I saw Coraline. Coraline. We saw it too in three D no less. You saw it in three D. I saw it in two D and I wish I was seeing it in three D. What a what a brilliantly made movie. That was, that was great. I read the story long ago. Liked it, read it to my kid, who it's the only story I've ever read where I started reading it and he insisted I read the whole story to him cover to cover. And uh, read it, loved it, found out it was going to be stop motion animation. They did a great job in that movie. Yeah, that I had was, high hopes and that exceeded them. I actually, after I walked out of that movie, I, I was wishing that I could have had the opportunity to work on that movie. I wanted to be a part of that. That was just so amazing. Did you want to knit those itty-bitty sweaters? Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> she was already, the lady who did that, though, was already the talk of my industry for weeks before the movie came out, months before the movie came out. There was already a trailer about how she executed those little tiny sweaters. Very amazing. I have to say, yeah, I did. I read the book just before the movie came out, and it was interesting because, you know, the movie was amazing. I thought the book was really great, but um, there was some certain parts of the movie that were pretty... Um, you know, that weren't, I'm sorry, there were certain parts of the movie that weren't part of, in the book. And I mm-hmm. think that they were really important to the movie. They really actually fleshed out the story, fleshed out the whole plot line, you know, helped fill in some of the holes that maybe you didn't really think about when you were reading the book. And, uh, but at the same time, there were certain parts of the book that I think he did sort of a better visual job with than he was able to execute in the movie. So I think having read the book and seeing the movie was really the ultimate experience. So we give this movie six thumbs up. <laughs> it was a very cool movie. So uh, cool, I can't even bitch about it. I know, yeah, it was awesome. I can bitch about anything. And uh, let's see, what else? We also saw Slumdog Millionaire this week. Oh, man, that was so good. Have you seen that? No, I've been wanting to see it, wanting to see it before it even came out, and I just haven't, Honestly, haven't seen it. I had no idea what it was about. I was just told by a friend who saw it and said it was really good. I knew all I knew was that it took place in India. That was it. I had no idea what it was about, and I was just amazed. The, the it was just so unique the way that the story, you know, played out. It was 
amazing. And the soundtrack, the minute the very first song came on, I was like, I'm picking up this soundtrack. I don't normally say that, but the, the soundtrack was amazing. The songs were really cool. It really oh, I don't know cool. anything about the, the soundtrack. Is it Indian music? Is it What is it? It is, but it's kind of like a, a very modern sort of Indian hip-hop kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, the, there's some really cool music that comes out of, of India that's, that's not that's not obnoxious that's very um kind of hip-hop and there's some really cool dance trance type stuff you, you get a, a serious driving beat and bass back there and those that that sort of strident instrumentation that they use makes some really cool sounds you could there's there's cool music coming out of india yeah no it doubt. did and the, it was, the thing was the very first song was very contemporary like you said hip-hop with some indian you know flavor to it but they were they were visiting a scene that was probably in the 70s. So it was like this contrast that was pretty, it was just, it was a very unique contrast and it made you pay attention. That was good. Yeah, that's been on my, my to-see list since before it came out. I, I fully intend to see it. And one of, the, one of the cool things about it was that it, it had so much in it. It was like an epic story, but it, it was the way it was kind of, the story flowed. It was in bite-sized chunks, so it was kind of, it, it didn't get overwhelming because some of it was sort of emotionally intense and it would go to something that was a little bit lighter and it would shift back and forth. And it was just, it was super well put together. I was very impressed with it. And you didn't even realize that, you know, your husband was sitting there watching a romance love story with you until the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. And it, it, it kind of didn't surprise me because 28 Days Later also had some pretty amazing music and sound design, the way music was used in that. Yeah. So to see him kind of take the next step to that next level of really being a master of it was was pretty impressive. Cool. Uh, so anything so else? check it out. No, you know what? What I'm reading, thanks to you, is the Bones of the Hills. When that when that Genghis Khan book comes out for the unwashed masses, y'all ought to read it. That is a great story. At least so far, I'm halfway into the book. Yeah, and, it's, and this is the third book of three. So yeah, it's hot. Don't don't miss it. If you haven't read that series, you've got to read the series. Yeah, it's uh, by Con Igledon. He's the guy who actually did uh, a pretty famous book that's been selling well for a few years called Dangerous Book for Boys. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth a read if you like kind of fast-moving historic fiction. It's, it's With good lots stuff. and lots of sword play and bow play. Many people get turned into human pincushions um, <laughs> on the wrong end of a Mongol bow. The book I'm reading right now actually kind of ties into what pisses me off because of how it ended. And I can't necessarily say that, you know, everybody should go out and read it because it's actually a YA book. But um, <clears throat> I thought it was pretty good. It was one of those books where it kind of started like The Lottery, that famous story, The Lottery. So I was kind of rolling my eyes thinking, oh, the story's already been done where, you know, a bunch of people bring come to the town village and people get randomly selected for some horrendous fate. And uh, and that really is what it is about, but it's sort of like the fate. They end up going into what's this. The, what's the oh, book called? Sorry, the book is called The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. And she's written some younger kids stuff. I, I definitely wouldn't recommend this for younger than maybe junior high, middle school age. <clears throat> but, um, but it's really cool because a bunch of kids come to the town square and they get randomly selected. And then they end up having to go into this reality TV show type game where they have to fight to the death. And so the only one who wins is the last person standing kind of thing. And, it's the um, long walk. <clears throat> yes, it is. It's definitely. similar to that. And yeah. From what it sounds like, it's also kind of similar to Battle, Battle Royale. Battle Royale, right. yeah. Exactly. 
But the thing that pissed me off was I was getting so into this book. It was one of those books where I had to read it, you know, all in one day. So I read it all on Sunday. And actually, I had to get up really early on Monday morning to take a bunch of Girl Scouts out to some Northwest Wild Animal Park. And so I really had to go to bed at a, at a decent hour to be, wake up on time. And instead, I stayed awake till like 2 o'clock in the morning trying to finish this book because I was so into it. And then I get to the end and the very last page and I'm just like, oh, thank God I'm finally at the end. And then it leaves you with this cliffhanger and it says, end of book one. End of book one. <laughs> what? I didn't know it was going to be a part of a series. I mean, I guess she's written series before, but I didn't know that. And if I'd known that, I wouldn't have stayed awake till 2 o'clock in the morning knowing that book two isn't even scheduled to be released yet. <laughs> Oh, oh, that pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Tunnels book that I was reading with my sons. Come to the end, it's like, okay, book two is going to come out in a while. Right. Yeah, Tunnels, that's another one I want to read. That one actually, uh, the I think I have a, an advance of that, so I can forward that on. Yeah. Oh, that would be appreciated. I think I just got it about a week ago, so I'll try to dig that up. I'm uh, reading the new Jack Reacher book by Lee Child, which uh, I can't even recall the name of right now, but it's... Yeah, I can. It's called Gone Tomorrow. Anyway, it's, it's great. I've been reading it for three days, and I'm almost done. And cool. uh, I'll, I will forward that as well as the tunnel sequel, too. Cool. Well, uh, are we about ready for some jokes? Some filthy jokes? Yes. In, in light of this being the dick episode, uh, I, I was, and it to honor you, Steve, I was going to keep my jokes short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that? One, two, three. Laugh. <laughs> there was a long pause on that. <laughs> that joke felt really flat. <laughs> no, it was funny. I Let's just hope didn't that get it. Uh, your next joke is better. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, as we get started, uh, I put the call out to some of our friends in the podcasting community to see if they had any dick jokes for us. So, this uh, first one is from Stewie D from the Obscure 80s podcast. Hey, Steve. Hey, Gord. It's Stewie D from the Obscure 80s podcast. Uh, just got your email, and uh, it said something about you wanted us to throw in something about our favorite, 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 favorite dick joke. Well, my favorite dick joke is my dick. It's a joke. Yeah, tiny. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Later. So, nice. actually, uh, that's funny because we also got the same response, or a very similar one, from Stephen from the JAFMP podcast, uh, Just Another Fucking Movie podcast, who said uh, via email, I would love to help out, but the only dick joke I know is in my pants. Be cool, <laughs> Stephen. So, that wow, is uh, our, our most popular response this episode has been that one. Uh, then... Uh, our buddy Jorge, you may uh, remember him from a few episodes ago, uh, had this to say. Hey, what's up, Bone Hand? It's Jorge. You know, when I heard you guys were doing an all-dick episode, I thought, yeah, from these guys, I could see it coming. Pardon the pun. So I thought I'd call up and uh, tell a dick joke. But I can only think of two. The ones in your guys' pants. So I was like, well, maybe instead of telling a dick joke... I'll just tip you guys' taints with a little riddle. So, here blows. What's flaccid and pale? Smells like a dead whale. It pleases baby Jesus, even though it's covered in cheeses. As foul as the commode, blows a fat load. And when shoved in your sister, it leaves a big blister. 
The answer is my dick. <laughs> I know, too easy, too easy. Just like your mom. <laughs> oh, he's a veritable... Yeah, he's a real long fellow, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. So now that we're on the poetry tip, you wanted to roll with a few limericks? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, I got my filthy joke limericks ready to rock. <clears throat> Rockin'. <clears throat> okay. There once was a Greek from Nantucket whose dick was so long he could suck it. He said with a grin as he wiped up his chin, if my ear were a cunt, I could fuck it. <laughs> I got two more. There once was a man from Iraq who played violin with his cock. With massive erections, he'd render selections from Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> and finally, that, that old chestnut. There once was a fellow from Kent whose dick was so long it was bent. To save himself trouble, he'd put it in double. Instead of coming, he went. <laughs> I think you told that one at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it was I either have? that or Tin Wedding Whistle. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I get the two confused. So Julie, you had so a so what do you get when you uh, what do you get when you mix a penis with a potato? A dictator. <laughs> but I'm bum. I was gonna say a dumb potato. <laughs> so uh, I for this episode, I really, really badly wanted to to come up with the best dick joke ever, and. I scoured the internet. I looked through books. I, I, I looked everywhere, and I just couldn't find it. So I figured, in keeping with my general approach in sex overall, that what I would do is what I lack in quality, I would make up for in sheer doggedness and persistence. It's true. So, here's, <laughs> here, so here is a whole bunch of dick jokes. All right. What did the penis say to the condom? Cover right. me. I'm going in. <laughs> Why did the sexual deviant cross the road? His, <laughs> to fuck the chicken on the other side? His dick was stuck in the chicken. Oh, okay. This guy's walking along the beach, and he kicks a bottle. Much to his surprise, a genie flies out. Oh, master, it declaims, your wish is my command. Great, thinks the guy. This is finally my chance. Genie, he demands, give me a cock that touches the floor. Poof! Both his legs fall off. <laughs> what did the elephant say to the naked man? How do you breathe through that thing? Exactly. What has, hey, se- I got one. What has 75 balls and screws old ladies? What? Bingo! It's <laughs> not it, a dick joke. <laughs> it screws old ladies. Are you kidding me? If it's your a dick pro- joke. If your dick provides you with happiness, then what does having 50% of a dick give you? What? Ha- what? Half penis. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? How many? Two. One to screw in the light bulb and one to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's not very nice. It isn't. That's I why like I was leaving one. it out. <laughs> and I'm the girl. <laughs> Literally not a feminist. No. What's the longest organ in a sheep's body? Gordon's cock. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the filthy jokes for this episode. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed them. And thank you to everybody who uh, contributed. We do appreciate it. Indeed. Uh, and uh, that's about it for this episode. Uh, I think it's time to wrap things up. Uh, one last thing before we go. Uh, since the last episode, it's come to our attention that uh, Lux Interior, the lead singer for The Cramps, passed away at the age of 60, I believe, of a heart condition. Yeah. And uh, I was totally fucking bummed. And I just wanted to say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Lux. You kicked a lot of ass. Uh, Adios, I'm, uh, Lux. 
I'm a Cramps fan from way back. Uh, you know, some of the first songs that I could play on the guitar on the guitar that I learned were like "New Kind of Kick" and uh, "Human Fly" and stuff like that. And uh, it's just it's sad to see such a great rock and roller go. Uh, one of, as a matter of fact, one of my first dates with Julie. I was going to uh, say, I think one of our first concerts together was the Cramps. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't I almost get you in a fight because of that guy <laughs> that kept bumping me and I finally pushed him really hard because he wouldn't leave me alone and then he turned around like ready to beat me and then he saw you and <laughs> yeah I think that's what happened you kind of puffed up like a peacock and he went away <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness and yeah uh, so anyway that it was a great show and uh, uh, you know I'll, I'll miss Lux uh, I know that somewhere in heaven he's writhing around soaked in wine Wearing nothing but a G string and howling his lungs out. So it's All right. sad to see Lux go. Well, uh, then uh, let's uh, go through our normal bullshit. Uh, we've gotten a couple of iTunes reviews now, so thank you very much to those who have chimed in. Also, thank you. Uh, the people who vote for us every month on Podcast Alley, we really appreciate it, and it's helping. I mean, our like listenership has tripled over the last three months. It's been it's just free crazy. Yeah, and I, 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 I can't understand why all of a sudden we're getting so many more listeners. So, you know, thank you so much for telling your friends, and please keep doing so. Uh, we, we like to spread the bone bat love. Uh, this coming Thursday, Mail Order Zombie is uh, having their Dead Letter Awards ceremony. So you got to check this out. Uh, it's going to be a great show, and you may even hear some of your favorite bone hand people uh, making a little appearance in the awards show. As usual, you can find me on Bonehand.com. I have new content every Sunday. And you can find me on MightyWombat.com. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a cartoon this week because I've been podcasting instead of cartooning tonight. And uh, I'm supposed to have the cartoon up tomorrow. And I'm looking at the sketch of it right now, sitting on top of my scanner, completely not done, not colored, not digitized, not corrected. But normally, MightyWombat.com. Come for a cartoon every Thursday and... Random observations of pointless bullshit on my blog. And I'm always doing something that has to do with some sort of knitting and crocheting and some sort of crafty goodness. So you can find me at scamama.com and I try and update a blog regularly. But uh, also on Twitter. Hey, you, you never really mentioned Twitter. No. You're finding Bonehand and on Twitter more often these days. Yeah, I'm definitely on Twitter. You can find me and uh, follow me. I'm Bonehand there too. And uh, we actually got a couple of comments last week on Twitter about last episode's show. So our buddy from Motion Picture Masker, Vaughn, said, uh, Great show as always. You guys crack me up. And Jeff from the basement, uh, came from the Basement Podcast, whose ad you heard opening our show tonight, uh, said, Dude, new episode of Bone Bad is rad. You talked about super suckers, accused GBH, and suicidal all in one episode. Rad. And it was rad. It was. <laughs> that was rad. Really cool. Let's see, what else? Uh, thanks to the Dickies for the awesome music once again. And uh, old listeners, new listeners, we don't give a shit. Uh, give us a call and be a part of the show. 206-203-3115. Especially you folks that are attending Horror Hound next month. Uh, we're going to expect a few drunken phone calls out of you bastards, so give us a holler. Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, yeah, one last thing. Uh, Bonehand.com turns two years old this week, so yay me. Aw, happy birthday. Yeah, it was tonight, actually, uh, February 18th in uh, 2007 that uh, I started the site. We'll make a little Girl Scout cookie cake. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, that's it. So uh, this is Steve. And this is Gord. This is Julie. Have a good one.
You think the penis pisses me off? No! No! Don't 